0: super talk mississippi media production
1: find your new ride at Kia macomb's all new location at the corner of i-55 and highway 98 come find out why macomb loves Kia macomb at the corner of i-55 and highway 98 right on the corner right on the price
0: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbard, and I'm on the road again in Greenville, Mississippi, at the Greenville Country Club for the Delta Soul Golf. In uh celebrity event, we're going to have a big time with Steve Azar today. Rhino, safe and sound, back at Super Talk headquarters, as we'll be guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this. Friday, y'all. Morning, Rhino. What's up? Oh, just happy to have air conditioning again. <laughs> well, you talked about that the other day. You decided to let it go for a while, and you... Uh, I guess just threw in the towel, got it fixed up?
0: Well, I put in a ticket, and they had to get a new compressor unit and all kind of fun stuff, but they finally got all that installed yesterday afternoon, so I got a nice,
2: cool sleep last night. (laughs) Well, that's a good deal. We are, uh, by the way, if you hear me dozing off... Uh wake me up, please. That's because we're situated up here in the lounge at the Greenville Country Club. If you look at me on video, it looks a little weird today. That's because I'm sitting on this big old uh, couch that is uh, up against the wall here. And across from me, I see my good friend Steve Azar in the lounge as well. Quite the setting for the show today out the winder. I can see here through the bar area the golf course. Remember, last year it was raining torrents. Oh, and we yeah. were concerned about uh, the golfers being able to play. It's a beautiful day up here in Greenville and uh, quite a delightful drive north through the Delta from my home base in Ridgeland there. The fields are looking awfully green and folks are out there working on them. I think, uh, and I hope, and I pray that the. Farmers have a a good yield this year. That's pretty important. You see me on video there, Rhino. That's pretty cool. It? <laughs> just kind of. I don't know why. The ha- first
0: thing I thought of was you need like a sweater, <laughs> like Mr. Rogers. You just look that comfortable.
2: <laughs> kind of hanging out here, so. Again, if I uh, if I doze off, it's because I'm so comfortable in the couch and uh, the dim lights of a lounge. Of course, we got the sunlight coming through the windows, but we're going to have a good time. We got Steve Azar and Nell Knox. Nell is the de- deputy director of Visit Mississippi. Coming up uh, next at ten twenty, Charles Naboles, chairman emeritus of Naboles Construction Corporation. That is the father-in-law of Steve Azar, is going to be on. At 10.37, Amanda Delperdang, Mississippi Delta Nature and Learning Center, executive director, kicks us off in Hour 2. The mayor of Greenville, Mississippi, Eric Simmons, he's been on the program before, joins us also in uh, Hour 2. Tim Bixler, Delta Center Stage, executive director and Wade Chambers, at Delta Center Stage, uh, takes over June 1st. And then Steve Azar wraps up things for us at 12. 12.37. So we hope to have a a good day for you. And we got a little news to share. We've got some segments we've got uh, to talk about. All the news, all on our own, Rhino and I. Man, the indictment of 45, former President Donald Trump has, uh, I guess, gripped the news cycle, shall we say, in the nation. And of course, the President went to his Truth Social account, produced a video responding to the indictment, made some other written comments, posts as well. Something that I caught just a little while ago, sort of breaking news, uh, Rhino, is that, of course, the indictment is about the the president having possession of classified information at his Mar-a-Lago residence and whether or not he obstructed justice in allowing federal authorities to get to that information whether or not that information is properly declassified or whether whether he's in possession of such classified documents when he's not supposed to be but something that just came out that uh, I caught wind of before we started the show is that some of these documents he's now saying military Related documents. He's now saying he did not classify and in fact. He said I could have this class this class pardon me Declassified but now I can't I'll requote that as president. I could have declassified But now I can't that's what Trump of course 76 years old said about a classified Pentagon paper which outlines a possible military strike on Iran. This is interesting. He said secret. This is secret information. Look look at this. This was done by the military and given to me. And that's that's kind of a a bit of a revelation. It appears that Trump the way I'm reading it here, Rhino, that Trump supported Such military action going into Iran. And he was advised by Chief of Staff General Mark Milley that if you do this, you're going to have a, and I'm quoting Mark Milley, if you do this, you're going to have a F-blanking war. That's what Milley told the president. That was apparently. If he were to be elected in 2020, this is Milley advising Trump, and uh, if you were to be elected in 2020 and proceed with, with such a military operation to invade Iran, that's what Milley was advising, and it would involve a massive number of U.S. troops. I don't know. We're going to learn a lot more about this. I I first got this report from the New York Post. They say it was also featured on CNN. Of course, nobody watches CNN, so who knows. But that's interesting. Now, this is also incredibly interesting, that on the same day that Trump is indicted, uh, you've got revelations coming from documents that members of Congress have reviewed Frankly, corroborating fairly strongly that Barisma uh, Joe Biden received favors five million dollars twice, two different payments of five million dollars from Barisma in exchange for favors five million bucks twice. I mean, is there just is this just kind of? coincidental you think or is this retribution biden knows surely he knows his people know that hey the evidence is mounting it's starting to look more and more likely that he engaged in illegal activity as vice president by accepting bribes from a foreign nation five million bucks i mean that would be by far in my view a much larger crime when you're being bribed Then okay, you got some documents that you should have classified but you, I guess, overlooked and didn't declassify under the Presidential Records Act. Seems to me like that's a much bigger offense on the C Spire text line. This has nothing to do with classified documents. It all has to do with covering up the Biden crime family and election interference to get Trump out of the next presidential election. I think that's a plausible theory. Absolutely. But I think they're miscalculating. I think Biden and A.G. Merrick Garland who obviously ordered this indictment, Biden signed off on it. It's unprecedented to do so against a former president that is now Your most heated rival in an upcoming election? I mean, it does look awfully fishy at a minimum. But I think they're miscalculating. I think Trump gets a boost from this, just like he did with the indictment in New York. His poll numbers went up. I think he gets a boost. I also think you could define the Republican voting base as follows. Fifty percent are hardcore MAGA Republican supporters. They're in for Trump. No matter what. A quarter support his policies, don't necessarily care for his personality. I probably could be put in that camp, especially on economic policy. And then there are a quarter of Republican voters that are just never Trumpers. Just can't stand him, not going to vote for him. But here's the deal. Like we've said so, so many times, in presidential politics, and presidential elections, the electoral votes is uh, the electoral vote process is what determines the winner in the state of our nation at present is that it comes down to about a dozen counties in four states. That's who determines the election. Popular vote doesn't matter. Honestly, the sentiment of the voters in the respective parties don't matter. We're taking a break right here at the Element Well Studios in Greenville, Mississippi today. Steve Azar and Nell Knox coming up next.
1: Again. I, love music for my and I keep waiting all the road again and I keep all the
3: road again. check it out let's do this the
0: talk That keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Super Talk Mississippi, the Element Well Studios relocated for the day to Greenville, Mississippi. We're at Greenville right. Country Club. We're here for the Delta Soul Celebrity Golf Tournament. Uh, we're raising money for the St. Cecilia Foundation. Joining us now are good friends Steve Azar, the man himself, and also Nell Knox, Deputy Director at Visit-, uh, pardon me, Visit Mississippi, and uh, we appreciate you guys coming on. Morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? Good morning. Do
4: what? You can start it off. I'll start it off, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's great to be here. This is so much fun. It's my first time. Yeah, so
2: tried to get you here.
4: I know. I know. I got lucky. I feel like we earned it. You did. Right. Yeah, it's worth waiting for.
3: <laughs> Last night was a gritty night, right?
4: Last night was awesome. Last night was so authentic.
3: Well, we want, to, we want people to understand that, that that's what it was like for me growing up, yeah. You yeah. What are the delta and the history that it's made on the entire world? The influences, the impact. You, you and I both know that we do. Visit Mississippi, we do. Um, I've learned so much about all of what you do. It's true. Uh, through our man C Ray and the team there, yes. Camille and, and it's been, it's been so cool to understand the power of music and the arts and how it can affect our economy.
4: Well, I mean, I think it's our greatest export. I mean, when you look at what Mississippi has produced, and I mean, just from the, the musicians, mm-hmm. certainly the artists, the, and if you expand arts and look at the writers, and the fact that we're cultivating that in the youth, and that that's what y'all are doing, it's, it's so win- it's I gotta wonderful. i got to
3: tell you, I used to be envious of all my Texas friends, Yeah. because uh, Pat Green and, and Walt Wilkins and Radney Foster, mm-hmm. they would talk about, oh, how their state, oh, their music, and all that. I said, well, you guys are second. We're first, you maybe you're fourth or fifth but just because you're Texans doesn't mean you have the best football you don't and so and proof of that is nine super bowl players this year in the you know, right. for mississippi right so but with that said i felt like that we were always lacking with celebrating the greatest musicians that that were the birthplace of it all mm-hmm. yeah I agree. And, and in the last 10 or 15 years it's really, it may be a little longer. It probably probably before I got back. And I'm not saying to <laughs> be. I think Haley Barber started it. He did. Uh, Ronnie he Musgrove, did. even back in the day yeah. when you know he was talk about the arts, but Haley really stepped it up. And then yeah. he did. You know, so that tradition has been carried on, and you guys have always seen the value, and it's a tremendous resource for us it's true it is a natural resource yeah it, it is. really is
2: so i'll share this with you last friday a week ago on the program we were talking about uh the next day being january uh pardon me june the third mm-hmm. owed to billy joe yeah right, right? yeah That's right. so we started talking about that and i just made the comment uh, anytime we we celebrate that about how richly blessed we are with so many a musical artist from Mississippi, and Rhino and I started recalling many of those and discussing it, and then people out there in the text line world started sending names in. I didn't even know had yeah. connections to Mississippi, and it was yeah.
3: exhausting. It it will it will it is, and let me tell you what. So Big Loud Music was founded by Craig Wiseman. Craig Wiseman is one of the hot, the biggest songwriters in Nashville history. Where he's from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. now you've got Hardy doing his thing, and this next generation. Mm-hmm. And I've had many uh, Ben Johnson, some folks that have done stuff for. Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. and uh, and they come out of the woodworks. It's like Mer- and Meridian's been really hot. Right, have right. been has. interested in Meridian lately. What's going on there? I have but, too. But and then Holly Brand's going to be here. And uh, last year she played in you know Miss Mississippi. And then this she almost got through the to the end of the voice. I just love it.
2: Just never ends. <laughs> It's you know, incredible. I, pretty incredible. I love it. I love it. Well, even when I was growing up around Central Mississippi, it was Tommy Aldridge was yeah a drummer, Black yeah. Oak, Arkansas. Yeah. I was an old amateur drummer. Yeah, and he, as I recall, was the first guy to come out with a double bass.
3: Yeah, that's he probably was. He, he kind of was the I first. I'm going to ask guy. our boy Sean Drover, who plays with you know from Megadeth. Yeah, you know about he's Sean's ridiculous. You know? yeah, and uh, I wonder if he'd know that.
2: Tribute. Tommy Aldridge. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. his first guy I remember that wow. featured the double bass drums. Wow. Well, I'm
3: going to tell you guys, if you, I'll never forget the time when I walked out behind my dad's liquor store and Eugene Powell, I was a 10, mm-hmm. and he was playing back there for Postman at the end of their work day. Wow. Sitting on old Pepsi crates. Uh-huh. I can see it now. And it's it was the most vivid, real, and it, and I was locked. At that point, it was, yeah. it was like they just, it was over for me. Right. You know, and it was, I, I got inspired to the point and I'm still doing it.
4: Well, yeah. I think it just well, shows how much music's a part of the culture here. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's, yeah. it's from that to, you know, we've all grown up around music. We encourage the music arts. Yeah. Um, and it's, you're seeing it so much more in the schools. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing. I still
3: would love to become the state. You know, Texas is really good about. You you don't have to leave the state lines. You can make a really big living. We've got that much talent here. Absolutely. And there ain't no per capita thing. Is we have that much talent. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great if if that would work. You, we, you deal with population. So at that point, population matters because if you're in a city of two million people, you you can go play a three four hundred seat theater, mm-hmm. you know, and make a good living in different cities. That's the that's where we struggle there because we just don't have the size yeah but we have the size and heart and soul Mm -hmm. so you just gotta figure we're doing we're doing a really good job i think of of understanding that
2: now i I know i've asked you this before steve but it but i think it uh it bears discussing again what's your inspiration and why are there so many artists that hail from the great state of mississippi what what's the deal i
3: mean as an artist i can just tell you that is it's the easiest thing that ever happened to me so it's an honest thing, and when it's honest, and you can go really work hard. You look, I know no artist. A little Milton used to tell me. He called me Little Azar, and he <laughs> goes, you're going to do this, because he'd see me go from a small little van to a, to two big trucks, you know, and two big, all this equipment, and all, and he goes, you're going to do this. Little Azar, Little Azar. Well, what he would say is he worked his tail off. B.B. King, he, if he was still alive, he'd still be playing 270 dates mm-hmm. a year. If you gave him 300, a leap year, 366, he'd do it. Hard work, Bob Seger. When I when I was on the road with Bob, everything, the the success in everything and every way of life is because you put that time in because you want to do it. And we're in the business of passion, so you get excited and come passion. So I just think that we're not afraid to work at something we love.
2: Yeah, it's it's a grind, but it's but it's a a labor of love. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, there's nothing better than writing a song, recording it, but when you take it to the people. And that feeling you get—it's—it's—it's it's, it's like that you finished it. You know, you finished the process, and so it's a—it's a gift. You know, well,
2: it's a common thread with musical artists, mm-hmm. isn't it, yeah. Steve? That's what yeah. you hear them say. A lot of people they...
3: don't get to get go all the way with it. You yeah. know, they're—they you know they're
2: left lacking
3: because I, I don't think that, sometimes, and I hate that because you should be able to get the whole yeah. experience. Yeah. To me, a song is born when it's on stage, not you know, and then that process, but. It all starts with a great song. I can tell you that Mississippi's had plenty of people that
2: have written. Oh, great songs. do they ever? So how big a draw is that, Neil? Well, right I, I mean,
4: I think people are coming, especially our international audiences. Those are tourists who are looking for the authentic experience. Yeah. We hear that a lot in the tourism circles now. Everyone that is coming to Mississippi is going to get an authentic experience. That's what we offer. And so when you're being, uh, you know, a, a true tourist and going into the Delta and hearing this music, I mean, you can see the culture of encouragement. These are young musicians who are hearing from the ones who came before them. Like Steve said, do this. You can do this. And I think people come here to see that and be a part of it.
3: I'm on the other side of it now, so I understand what little Milton, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's,
4: it's really on awesome. The side.
2: You know, in in this week, I've been south in our state. Uh, was down in um, the southern part of, around the coast, and then up here in the delta today. And of course, doing this job, traveling all over, and you, you really do get that firsthand exposure to the diversity of the landscape and the yeah, cultures in, in one set of borders. I wonder how much that plays into... I was going to ask the question when you said that. I just wonder.
4: Well, you know, one thing we've talked about a lot lately is that for the tourists... They don't see the borders the same way we do, and it is more fluid. It's the south, and we want them to come into Mississippi. But when you look at the coast versus Greenville and that kind of thing, what's wonderful is that we're all working together. And I think that that's what Visit Mississippi does well, is that we're bringing all of that together and partnering and doing that work from the public sector, private sector, nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And when we do that for the tourists, that creates a more universal experience. Like they go to the coast, but then we encourage them also see Greenville. Tour all over the state. Don't be limited by the border of this town or that sure. town. See it all.
2: I mean, what a contrast to 24 hours being here in the Delta and being on the coast well, yesterday. No, and when I was writing was awesome. Mississippi as mm-hmm. a Bicentennial song yes. originally, I was
3: seeing it all, mm-hmm. going like, how am I going to, mm-hmm. how long is it going to be? <laughs> right. Right? And it's as long as American It's about 30
4: verses. Right, yeah. right,
3: right, right. <laughs> but you know what? The beauty in that is I've seen kids from all over the state mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Sing every word,
2: every awesome. syllable. I love that, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I do yeah, too. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. Uh, we got just a couple of seconds left, real quick, about the the event, the tournament. What are 12th we doing? Twelfth year. Nell's
3: awesome. first year. Hooray. Uh, <laughs> we've given about, we've donated around 1.2 million to the various arts things and we want to get bigger and better. But, That's incredible. We sold out, we sold out really early this year. Saw that. And about 75% of our money, and I could be wrong, so don't, it comes from out of state. And they park it, maybe more. That's great. And That's they awesome. park it here. That's and awesome. And they keep coming back. Relationships have been built and it's a big old Delta sofa.
4: That's what it's all about, it's a relationship.
3: Come on, yeah. Look what they've done. You, you guys have done. <laughs> For us, I mean, it does not happen without you. It's awesome. Do you understand that? It's going to be you a can't great. Nail. We got it. it. It doesn't happen awesome. without you, got guys. Got
1: gonna you guys. We're
2: going to have a great day today. Good to see you guys. Yeah. We're coming right back with Charles Nabholz, Chairman Emeritus of Nabholz Construction. My company. father-in-law. That's what I understand. We're coming <laughs> right, right back, folks. Stay with us.
1: there <laughs> one
0: Gerard Gibbons. Welcome, welcome to our shop on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one.
2: Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays Live from Greenville, Mississippi. Today, we are at Greenville Country Club for the annual Delta Soul Golf Tournament. We've got our good friend Steve Azar serving as the host, as usual, and joining us now, Charles Nabholz, Chairman Emeritus of Nabholz Construction, and Dr. Freddie. Azar. your did I say that right? You did. That's perfect. That's Welcome to the program, gentlemen. Thanks for being here today. We're Big day to plan.
1: Yes. Unbelievable.
2: All right, so tell me your relationship, Mr. Nabholz. I understand you would be the father-in-law, of, the father-in-law Steve. of Steve. father-in-law <laughs> Steve Azar, but more importantly,
5: I'm the dad of Gwen a's. There I, you go, uh, absolutely. first uh, several years coming here, I would introduce myself as Steve Azar's father-in-law. <laughs> and But but more recently, I, I'm saying I'm, I'm
1: Gwen's dad. Okay. But I'm proud of both of
2: them. Absolutely.
1: They're wonderful. And Dr. Echikar, your relationship? I'm, I'm married to Steve's little sister, Evelyn. Okay. And have three boys here, and uh, myself. Blaze, has uh, been here since he was eight, and he's now 21, and a lot of the celebrities call him the co-host. He the kind of runs the show. He's behind the curtain, moving I all the parts, and uh, just a wonderful event. And so, uh, Mr. Naballs,
2: you're an alumnus, obviously, I can tell that, because you've got a shirt from a uh, previous event. Right, so
5: back six or seven years. I'm surprised our team has uh, uh, been bringing the same team down here for about the last 10 years, and they decided we need to be in uniform, and uh, <laughs> one of the guys says, well, look, do y'all still have that pink shirt? <laughs> in the closet, and I found this one. And everybody else
2: has it. It looks shirt. awesome. Yeah, it looks awesome on you. Yeah. So we got great weather today. Last year we we sort of had a, a bit of a rain shower come through that uh, uh, wet the course up pretty well, but it looks good today.
1: It does it does it, it? The weather has nothing to do with it. We're going to have a good time, no that. doubt. But uh, you know, hands down, every celebrity that's ever come here says this is their favorite event to do, uh, and it's uh, a testament to Steve and Gwen. Uh, it's just such a great atmosphere. Uh, it's such a family environment. Uh, and everyone looks just marks this on their calendar. It's it's a it's a not miss event. Yeah, career. I agree
2: and I've had the uh, the pleasure of interviewing many of Steve's celebrity friends. They all think very highly of, of him and Gwen and that's why they come. Yeah. It's that relationship that he's that he's built. And it's amazing uh just the the disciplines in which he's built these these relationships from these musical artists to uh, gold medal winning Olympic athletes and in, in Major League Baseball, uh, National Football League celebrities and so forth. It's incredible yeah. how many people he's touched. And he ain't shy about hitting them up for them to come here and help out for the cause. And you know, they ain't 20, shy about coming. 20, exactly. 27
5: states represented, I believe, this year. And wow. uh, they all seem to want to come back. And I, and I love seeing the same guys back at like, like, Reggie Smith. Not to just yeah. name one person, but he's always so loyal about coming back. and. His wife, Rose, and we love to visit with him. And he was a great uh, partner on our, on our team one year, but he yeah. can't play golf this year. He says his knees are
2: oh, shoot a little bit. And it was, uh, Steve said earlier, it was sold out early on. The yeah. whole thing was sold out. Yeah. It's so, amazing. yeah, and the event, we got golf today, but we got lots of other activities as well, right?
1: Yeah. And, and it really is, you know... It, 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 it's always amazed me how uh, this really supports the community and the arts. And uh, really, Steve has just been a, such a, a blessing for this state. And uh, the St. Cecilia Foundation has just, has just done wonderful things for this state. So. Yeah, no doubt. The, no big, doubt. The big night, which is uh, tonight, uh, it, I was amazed
5: the first time we uh, attended one. I've been to a lot of uh, charity events where people kind of want to come to get a bargain. If they can find a bargain, somebody's putting up for auction, but here that's not the case. People were paying and over, you know, did doesn't make any difference what the fair, fair market price was. They, they would bid it up, and, and it's just, a lot of money went into the charity, and the, you know, the generosity of the people uh, here tonight and previous nights like this was just uh, just uh, phenomenal, the, the amount of support that uh, this charity
2: Yeah. Thing. You know, we, we see so much tumult in our society in our world, and it seems like our, our news is just wall-to-wall with that stuff. But you see things like this it kind of refreshes the spirit and the soul oh, a little does. bit does it not
5: It really does that's just a uh, and like Freddie said, uh, what they do with the, with the money here locally is printed somewhere, but it's just uh, amazing the number of kids, the scholarships they provide for kids in Washington County uh, uh, schools here and, and uh, the opportunity it will give them to get into the arts and to get into the music that they might not otherwise have had, had the opportunity to do. So we and Steve feel great about that. and I, I know Freddie and I both feel wonderful that they're able to do that.
2: Yeah, you know it's no secret that that uh, maybe folks would say the Delta has seen its better days in the past, but Steve and Gwen are committed to keeping uh, this area thriving. Yeah, they sincerely yep. are, and that's been their passion. They, they wanted to, uh,
5: I think, even before they left Nashville, they had this idea of doing something to support the schools there, and in particular when they got back to Greenville, they really found a need to, uh, and a passion to do to do this. And yeah. It's just been a monumental success for, as far as charity events yeah. are concerned.
2: The other thing that's been fun in past years uh, doing the show here is interviewing uh, folks that uh, are associated with organizations who have benefited uh, from the, uh, the generosity of the people and, and, of course, Steve and Gwen and their work to put this thing on, how grateful they are for it, and even telling stories about how it has changed their lives or their their, um, their institutions.
1: And, and that's what it's all about. Yep, and and that's just not the people that uh, it's benefiting. It's 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 the celebrities that come here. Uh, everyone that's come here has has told me how uh, how pleasantly surprised they were at the at the at the culture here. You know, you, if you're not from Mississippi, you don't understand it. But when you come to the Delta, it's it's its own ecosystem yeah it's it's just unlike any other part of the the state and uh and you feel it and and people thrive on that energy here and uh the celebrities uh when they come here they just uh they feel it and i was having conversations with some of them last night and it's just that this is always one of the highlights of their year because they can come here and decompress and forget about the turmoil that's going on in our country and the rest of the world because that's not it doesn't happen here. Does it? Right. It just uh, people are just so happy, and and uh, uh, they they thrive. They really do. And, and 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 this is just a little, just a little small example of what's going on in the Mississippi Delta. Yeah, you know, it's uh,
2: Mississippi. Sometimes gets a bad rap. Uh, usually for people who have never been here. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I always enjoy talking to the celebrities about, what you think the first time you came here? They're all blown away, yeah. you know, completely different than the image that I think is often projected, again, by people that have never been here. But once they come, yeah. then they keep coming back because they see how great it is yeah. and they enjoy it so much and they understand. They feel welcome here and say yeah. that they have a lot of fun. And they do. They have a lot of fun and, and you feel welcome and
5: you all for a good cause. That's it's a great combination. To make a, any event successful. And absolutely. People look forward to coming. And I think they feel it's an obligation to come. Like Freddie said, they yeah. put it on their calendar and they can't wait to see each other the next yeah. year. Maybe only hear the only year some of us see each other at this event.
2: Yeah. And, uh, That's absolutely true. And so I, I heard the band warming up a minute ago, so we got lots of uh, musical entertainment as well in store besides yeah. the golf tournament. And all the, the day, right?
5: tonight, uh, it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. I, I just just love it I hear all the different people come up and uh, uh, impromptu. Some of them are impromptu. Some of them are playing uh, entertainers, but uh, just
1: jam. I mean, yeah. It's just yeah. fun to listen to and, and it, and it And it doesn't end here. Uh, <laughs> you know, at the hotel, they the, the lobby is turned into the juke joint. And... Uh, uh, it, it'll go late into the evening. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure Mike Ruzzioni won't mind me saying <laughs> that, uh, he was shooting pull till four in the morning while two other guys were playing guitar, uh, with my sons. And, and, uh, they, uh, you know, obviously he's one of the most important athletes in the yeah, U.S. No doubt And, uh, and in my park. sons, my sons got to know him and they and thought, my goodness! I just I was up all night with Mike Rizzioni playing <laughs> playing uh, pool, and you know Ray Boudreau was over here strumming his guitar until <laughs> four in the morning. You know, and I, it it doesn't happen anywhere else,
2: right? And Mike, uh, of course, captain of the 1980 U.S. Uh, Olympic hockey team that uh, took down nice. the professional <laughs> Russian team, went on to win the gold medal. Had the pleasure of interviewing him a couple of years ago. I wa- I got to tell you, I watched that uh, live. I was a student at Ole Miss and watched that um, that hockey game live. It was pretty cool. It is. so yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, that Absolutely. was It's
2: is unbelievable. It is the lunar landing. No, yeah. doubt, about it. no <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt about it. Especially during the midst of the Cold War and so forth. So that's uh, yeah. really One cool. Of the guys from from uh, Conway was a big fan of his, and
5: uh, Mike gave it a shirt. Uh, dropped shirt i guess he wore yeah uh, when he was here it, it brought ten thousand dollars wow just think about that that is awesome yeah. wow. this is a kid that you know had never and just never dreamed he'd ever meet the guy and then he had a chance to buy a shirt so. but
2: of course the most important thing is they think highly enough of uh of steve yeah. uh and Gwen to come here and participate in this event and give back and that's that's a big deal yeah
5: Everybody's making a
2: contribution to
5: this. The celebrities that come are willing partners, and that makes a big difference to get... Make everybody uh, enjoy this event and have a lot of fun and have an interaction with people. Yeah. That Enjoyed
2: meeting you guys. Appreciate you coming on the program. And let's have a good uh, good tournament, good event. It's yes, sir. Appreciate it. Coming right back on midday. Stay with us. We've got former NFL quarterback Steve Burline in the Element Well Studios at the Greenville Country Club. Super Talk Mississippi. Once again, we are live in Greenville, Mississippi at the Greenville Country Club. We're here for our good friend Steve Azar's Delta Soul Celebrity Golf Tournament and Event. And joining us now, just coming from uh, another program rushing over here, is... Former NFL quarterback, Mr. Steve Burline. Steve, thanks for coming on Middays, man. Sorry to run you around all it's, over the place. It's I mean.
6: okay. It's uh, it's all part of the deal. I'm, I'm used to it uh, from over the years of, you know, of being part of these kind of events. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy... Coming out and supporting, um, you know, a lot of great causes, but this one's special. Steve is such a, a great person, a great friend, and I finally had a chance to make it work with my schedule, and and I get to experience all this great stuff here down in the Delta. So I'm I'm really excited. How did you first get to know Steve? You know, we don't even remember how we met. That's it's one of those things. I I, I believe it was. We were talking about this yesterday. Uh, It goes back probably 15, 17 years. Uh, It was a charity golf tournament. Somehow we it was a celebrity event, and somehow we got paired up to play together. And I I don't even remember what event it was. He doesn't either. Uh, We played together. We hit it off, uh, became great friends. He invited me to come to his um, event that at that time he was doing in Nashville. Uh, It wasn't a golf tournament. It was kind of a in conjunction with the country music awards and all that stuff and uh we just kind of became great friends and kept in touch and you know I, he's invited me down here several times but i just never was able to make it work yeah. until this year i just finally said i'm gonna make it happen this year and and here we are first time in mississippi not first time in Mississippi. First time, you know, I think maybe choosing to come to Mississippi. Okay, I've been to Mississippi before. I worked for CBS for a lot of years yeah. and yeah. Uh, doing games. I did a few games in Oxford uh, for Ole Miss. I had some. Uh, I can't remember what the games were, but I did uh, probably three or four games in Oxford for CBS as the kind of the second game on the, the SEC doubleheader weekends. Yeah. So yeah. I got to feel uh, Mississippi and Oxford. Um, I don't know if they won any of the games that I was there for, so I don't know if I got to feel the full <laughs> the full effect of what Oxford can be like when they win, but uh, I really enjoyed, enjoyed those weekends for sure. Yeah. So here you are in the heart of the Mississippi Delta,
2: honestly, where American music was born, and Steve has continued that uh, tradition, of course, but... It's incredible how a guy like Steve, we consider him uh, a Mississippi's ambassador, if you will, he and Gwen, how he's got this circle of friends, frankly, from all over the world, and how many of them come to Greenville for this event to support his cause. You know,
6: he, he's just one of those people um, that that just everybody kind of gravitates to. Yeah. And um, he pulls people together. He... He has an incredible wit, uh, also an incredible wisdom, and he's so articulate the way he can express himself. And uh, I've done his his podcast with him a couple times. Yeah. And- you know, just you have those conversations with him. It's just so easy. You know, he's just so easy to talk to, and he's so genuine with uh, with uh, his his feelings and his emotion. And um, you know, he just makes you feel good. And I think that's why people gravitate to him. They want to, whenever you have a chance to be around him, you just want to find a way to make it happen because he's just such a good person. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Gwen it. as well. Yeah, She's also, I mean, and she's obviously the the rock uh, behind <laughs> him as as always is the case. But they're just special people. You know, we have a new
2: state song that Steve wrote. Were you aware of that? We just adopted a new state song. I don't last know if I knew year. that. One Mississippi. Really? Steve is the uh, the composer. Yeah. and uh, It's not surprising. Yeah, to absolutely. Me at all. He was involved in that. It was selected by our
6: legislature and it was adopted. Uh, it's a pretty big deal so we're proud That's of that That's awesome. I yeah. can't wait to hear it. I'm yeah. sure at some point we'll hear that song uh, over the course of this weekend. I'm I'm sure of that.
2: Absolutely. Now, I heard you uh, overheard you in the, your last interview talking about experiencing uh, some of the Delta Fair. It does, is that
6: right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh last night uh, it, it was um An experience that I don't know I would ever be able to do it justice trying to talk about. I I told the other guys when we were talking over on the other show that I'm going back to California on Sunday. I wouldn't even know how to begin to describe that experience. I mean, every aspect of it was so unique and so absolutely perfect uh, that... Um, you just you can't do it justice by just talking. It's like you have to experience it. You have, to, As you know, you have to go in there oh, and right. sit down that's in one right. of those seats to, to really understand it. A unique Mississippi experience for sure. No doubt about yeah. that.
2: Well, Steve, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for being here. That's most importantly. Have a good day out there on the course and a good event this this uh, weekend. Appreciate you
6: being Looking here. Looking forward to it. Thank you for
2: having me. Appreciate Steve it. Berline, former NFL quarterback and also quarterback at the University of Notre Dame. Remember, watch you too, Steve. Appreciate you coming on. We're coming right back on middays. It's top of the hour. That means Fox News, Super Talk News. Stay with us. We're in Greenville, Mississippi. Appreciate it, Steve.
4: So,
7: all the little bears on Rock
0: Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back everyone. It's midday. Super Talk Mississippi. Hour two of the program getting underway here. We are live from Greenville, Mississippi. We're at the Delta Soul Golf Tournament and Celebrity Event. We welcome now Amanda Delperdang, Mississippi Delta Nature and Learning Center. Amanda, thanks for coming on.
8: Thank you for having me.
2: So tell us a little bit about the Learning Center, what that's all about.
8: Sure. It's a community space here in Greenville, uh, founded three years ago. My husband and I are both educators, and we were driving around Greenville and found 30 acres for sale. So we said, let's buy it. And so we did. And here we are, three years later with a nonprofit. Um, we've been able to get support from local people, but also national um, businesses and organizations. Um, so starting in August, we'll be open with a visitor center and a two-acre children's garden. It's a space that's focused on science and literacy. We'll be having field trips. We have programs for middle schoolers as well as high schoolers.
2: What's the connection to this event?
8: Well, Steve Azar, St. Cecilia Foundation, helped us with one of our areas in the Children's Garden. So they are all about music and the arts, and we have a section of our garden. We have 10 different themed areas in the Children's Garden, and they are the founding sponsors of the Sound Garden.
2: Gotcha. So who are the students? Who are you teaching here?
8: We are reaching every child in Washington County that we can, as well as the surrounding counties.
2: What was the inspiration? I mean, how this this just seems uh, sort of random. How did that come about?
8: Well, being a teacher, I am already passionate about kids and giving them opportunities um as it also as a teacher i think a lot of us know that there's a big emphasis on making sure the kids are performing at the levels that they should and that often translates into test data and i'm all i'm i completely agree with that we have to have accountability for students and for teachers but i think there's a balance that we need to reach sure. and so i wanted there to be more opportunities for kids to get outside um, especially after covid and the huge push for screens, 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 screens. And kids were already excited about screens, right? They don't spend a lot of time outside. There was a lot of kids that I talked to who were afraid of being outside. And this is what keeps us alive hmm. right the outdoors and us sure. are connected and so we need to teach them about that
2: so were you uh, and now your husband were you looking for a particular area to set this up or did it just happen because you visited and said hey this looks like a good place to do this
8: so we um i came here to greenville through teach for america okay and by the time we bought that land i'd been here eight nine uh, seven i've been here ten years now so seven years and it really was just i drove down the road and saw for sale sign and it's right in the middle of everything Mm -hmm. it's just a minute from walmart (laughs) so i thought this is perfect little i didn't know very much about the piece of property and we've had some challenges but we've been we've been able to do a lot of good thanks to the support of the community
2: what sort of reactions do you get from the students So
8: far, we haven't been open, but I do have parents who called me. So we've had a few different events that we brought some toys to that we've been able to purchase with some grants that we found locally. um, Parents are really excited. We have a lot of people on our newsletter. And I have a a previous student who uh, texts me or calls me or sends me a message somewhere and asks me when I'm opening. Okay. (laughs) About once a month. So they're ready. (laughs) They're ready. Yeah. They're very excited.
2: Well, and is this the sort of instruction that they wouldn't get in a traditional school, say, in a classroom setting?
8: I think so, because there's a lot of restrictions on what you can do in a classroom. It's just hard to get kids outside. There's a lot of things that teachers have to get done. and these hands-on activities take time to plan sure right? it just takes time so having a designated space in a community that does this full-time and teachers can just come and utilize that it happens in big cities all the time yeah you know so we're just bringing that to the delta okay
2: i got you mm-hmm. and um of course the, the the delta area of mississippi is uh it's known as being somewhat Impoverished? Do you think that this is the sort of instruction that will benefit the students later on in life uh, to succeed?
8: Absolutely, yes. We actually um, are starting an AmeriCorps program for youth, and they are going to be able to be re- receive a living stipend and an education award. So I we see. have 19 spots opening for that. So just that alone, right, they're getting job training, they're getting some income, they're getting a scholarship, and that's not a thing that would happen previous to our organization. I, I see.
2: Thing, so. I got you. Um, and so does, uh, does the organization benefit from the St. Cecilia Foundation? from from Steve's uh, foundation itself it yes. does, right? Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah. Yes, they've they've directly funded us. We wouldn't have our sound garden without them, and this is going to be a great space for kids. We have musical instruments there. We have a shade structure, table mm-hmm. seats, um, a sensory pathway that goes through it with different things kids can walk on. They yeah. make different sounds, so it's just this fun, creative space um, filled with plants that make sounds. You know, grasses <laughs> in the wind and those types of things. So we've really tried to embrace the. The purpose of the St. Cecilia Foundation and combine it with our mission. I see.
2: That sounds fascinating. Were these your ideas or you, you learned this elsewhere and or bringing it here?
8: I guess the combination, you know, as you go out in the world. I have two kids of my own, so we spend a lot of time in children's museums and... Nature centers and things like that. So definitely inspired by other places and then some of my own ideas.
2: I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you think that this will be something that will constantly evolve? You'll you'll um, continuously improve it, enhance it, add Absolutely. new features?
8: Definitely. It's on the boards
2: as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'll need continued funding for definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah. Oh,
8: yes. We have... Uh, 30 acres. This is only two. 30. Wow. So we have space. We have space. And we would love to expand the garden to include a lot more about Mississippi heritage. The blues is huge yeah. here. Yeah. It would be wonderful to have different spaces that highlight those musicians and those important people who have made an impact for the culture of Mississippi.
2: How supportive uh, has Washington County, the city of Greenville, the community in general, how supportive have they been with really this endeavor?
8: Great yeah really great we have been very very blessed with supportive leadership in the community and we can't i mean we have nothing negative to say you yeah. know we just every day we're out there working and trying to get it open and then from there the sky's the limit
2: i see have you by chance been contacted by folks in other communities that have an interest in in replicating this
8: I'm uh, not replicating it so much, but I did. I do get phone calls occasionally from other people. I just got one the other day from a lady in Oxford who was really excited about what we're doing in the Delta. Yeah. Oftentimes people who are from the Delta but have moved to other parts of Mississippi, sure. they're really excited uh, to have something like this going on in the community that they love.
1: Yeah,
2: really cool. Have you had any contact... With uh, members of our legislature, any state level leaders, about what you got going on here?
8: Uh, we have we have reached out to a few people, and we can we hope to continue those conversations and to continue the relationships.
2: Yeah, certainly sounds like uh, something that might be of interest to them, and you never know what happens from there. It, is there uh, anything similar in in other states, in other
1: communities?
8: Oh, there are lots of nature centers all over the place. We're trying to make ours a little different. A lot of nature centers have trails and they have um, very rustic sort of things going on. And we really wanted to make this a space for kids and a space for kids who may not be very comfortable outside. So having various hmm. levels of comfort spaces for people so that it's accessible and it's available to everybody. Um, So I I think that we're unique. We might not be. Someone tell me that we're not, I'll come visit your space and we can (laughs) learn from you. Um, But yeah, I think that what we're doing here is, is unique, especially for our demographics in our, yeah, and the people that, that are, live here.
2: So do you have uh, an academic background in education?
8: I do. I have a bachelor's degree in art, actually. So I see. fine arts is my background, which is maybe where all my ideas for these gardens come from. <laughs> and I have a master's degree in elementary education and then a specialist degree in... Um, Administration, K-12 administration. Um, so when I had to choose what to do with my career moving forward, I chose to start my own thing.
2: <laughs> okay. And were you a traditional classroom teacher yeah, before I, that?
8: Yeah. I taught for nine years in elementary school.
2: Girls. Okay. Where was that?
8: Here in Greenville at Weddington Elementary. I How taught all that? nine years there.
2: Okay. So you, you went from that to... Uh, Uh, coming up with this idea and just sort of shifted career paths
8: i did i did now i'm a full-time gardener (laughs) part-time construction worker
2: (laughs) well there's a few people around this area that know how to grow stuff you know (laughs) they're pretty good (laughs) a lot lot of help in that respect uh do you foresee that some other folks from other areas of the community may get involved in this to help you with the Uh, the facility itself
8: yes i do not doubt that at all um i know the garden clubs are very active in greenville i know the master gardeners i'm actually part of master gardeners they've already committed their time and resources to help us out once we get to a point of gardening so i mean we already have people who are supporting us immensely i don't think it will stop before
2: you go when are you opening officially
8: well, we don't have an official date, but August. Do we want to be open okay. when the school year starts? A couple of months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Amanda, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being here. And uh, we certainly appreciate Steve and his efforts as well to helping out. What you're doing sounds like a good deal.
8: Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: Amanda Delperdang, Mississippi Delta Nature and Learning Center. She serves as the executive director of that organization. We're stepping aside for a break right here on midday's. Coming up later in the hour, we've got Mayor Eric Simmons, the mayor of Greenville.
0: The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Go play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: It's the great Tom Petty bumping us into this segment here of Middays. We are live in the Element Elementwell Studios at the Greenville Country Club. That's in the heart of the Delta of Mississippi, Greenville, Mississippi. It's the Delta Soul Golf Tournament getting underway here pretty soon. In fact, they may already have teed off uh, Rhino, and it's a great day. Remember last year I was in uh, inside in the club Uh, able to see the course from our our set through the windows and it was raining torrents i recall just flooding all over the place lots of uh, long faces waiting to get out on the links but it's a beautiful day it's a bit warm but we're in the mississippi delta in june and that is what one would expect again mayor eric simmons the mayor of greenville will join us next year on Middays. So the big news overnight, folks, the indictment of former President Donald Trump. I said earlier, I think this really plays into his hands. I think this will likely boost his position. I think it will boost his, uh, his poll numbers. I thought about this, Rhino. Likely the most upset people yesterday, besides the really hardcore... Uh, MAGA Trump supporters that's his primary opponents His primary opponents opponents know not only does this just consume the news (laughs) with him 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 and they sort of fall off the uh, off the radar as far as being a news item as candidates for president at least right now but they also know this probably does endear his base to him even stronger The question is, again, from a presidential electoral political perspective, how does this impact the swing, so-called swing independent voters that could vote for either party's candidate in a presidential election in those handful of counties in the four states or so where it makes a difference? That's the fundamental question with respect to the outcome of the, of the election, of the 24 election. One thing for sure is, though, I feel like the walls are starting to close in a bit on Joe Biden. So the Burisma, you guys know the story probably, was a company in the Ukraine, and Ukrainian energy company, and it gave a very lucrative job to Hunter Biden, who has zero experience in the energy industry. But So the allegation is that this company paid two separate $5 million payments to Hunter Biden, and uh, it was to, to get the vice president, his father, the vice president at the time, uh, Joe Biden, to to solicit his help in removing the Ukrainian prosecutor general, goes by the name of Viktor Shokin. He was investigating Barisma. That tells me that maybe Barisma did something wrong. Of course, I'm not so sure that Ukraine is not somewhat rife with corruption as well in its government. In fact, it probably is. But it was really, it was bribery. They were trying to get this guy fired, this prosecutor fired, in, to, to end this investigation. That's what the informant, the FBI informant, uh, or the informant, I should say, from Ukra- Ukraine, told the FBI in a memo. <laughs> There's also apparently been some a revelation in Hunter Biden's emails which indicate he was unhappy about the fact that he had to share the total ten million dollars with his vice president dad. You say that right now that Hunter's mad because he had to share five million with his dad. So the House oversight committee is the one that is pursuing this. I honestly think that Representative James Comer, who heads that committee, chairs that committee from Kentucky, boy, has his name ID ever gone up a lot uh, given this investigation since it started. And yesterday, of course, the president did a little press conference, and he was asked yesterday about these allegations of bribery from foreigners, and he referred to it <laughs> with his typical refrain of it's just malarkey. He said, Where's the money? I'm joking. It's a bunch of malarkey. So I think there's more to this investigation. It does appear that it is getting legs. So in a in a single on a single day it's almost surreal to think about. We got a former president indicted on obstruction, there's seven counts, obstruction's one of them, and just having in his possession classified documents, documents which were not declassified is what the indictment alleges. And then we've got the House Oversight Committee and the U.S. Congress being privy to documents that apparently corroborate at least according to interviews from those who have seen the documents in Congress, corroborate the receipt of two $5 million bribes by Hunter Biden from this foreign company for influence. And it's incredible that this happens on the same day. It's, it's disturbing, honestly, that that's what's consuming... Uh, our government, our activities, meanwhile, Americans in the polls say that inflation is their number one worry, that the cost of living is their largest concern. I believe this is going to be a pocketbook issues election when it comes down to it, when all the, the wind is blown past uh, these investigations. I think that's going to top the list. It is right now, according to all the polls. In fact, I saw that Realtors.com just conducted a survey of prospective home buyers. 80% said they think they're being priced out of the market with the increased interest rates plus inflation that's costing uh, costing them more to operate their households. That's less money they have for a mortgage and they're being priced out this is going to have pretty serious ramifications on our economy and that is i think a top issue in the coming 24 presidential election and of course we'll be electing a number of senators u.s senators and of course all members of the house of representatives this is the this is the kitchen table issue that's being ignored It seems like, except by Joe Biden. And he talks a lot about the Biden economy and the success that uh, it has produced, except, unfortunately, virtually every statement he makes is inaccurate, is false with respect to the deficit, the debt, job creation, wages. It's all wrong. In fact, the truth is real wages are down. By about 2.7%. Real wages, the difference between absolute nominal wages and inflation. Inflation is outpacing wage growth to the tune of negative 2.7%. You're worse off. Okay, your wages are up, but it costs more to live. Contrast that to the Trump economy. Wages increased during his four-year presidency, by about 7%. And inflation was negligible. And so uh, I think those are the kinds of things that Americans will and should focus on in the twenty-four election. We need somebody to get us back on the right path from an economic perspective. We got this debt ceiling deal, and at the end of the day, it just does little or nothing. By the way, remember, right now I talked a couple of days ago about Biden's speech last week. It was exactly a week ago, and he was talking about um, uh, the $150 billion that the IRS would produce having these additional agents by shaking down the wealthiest Americans. $150 billion, by the way, over 10 years because all economic Budget spending cost data, uh, revenue data is always expressed in a, over a 10-year period. It's 150 billion. I saw a report a couple of days ago that indicates that there is some 21 billion a year of tax fraud in the earned income tax credit. That's for low-income households because it's foreigners who are getting these Social Security numbers and are filing bogus returns. The IRS sends them money and then can't get it back. We're coming right back with Mayor Eric Simmons, the mayor of Greenville, Mississippi. Middays is in Greenville, Mississippi
7: shining star for you to see what your life can truly be shining star for you to see what your life can truly be shining star for you to see what your life can truly be okay is everybody
1: ready i'm ready ready Ready
0: here middays with gerard gibbert on super talk mississippi
2: Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays Live from Greenville Country Club, Greenville, Mississippi. We're here for Steve Azar's Delta Soul Golf Tournament and Celebrity Event. And we're pleased to welcome now the mayor of Greenville, Mississippi, uh, Mayor Eric
7: Simmons. Good to see you, Mayor. Good to see you and glad to have you here in what I call... The heart and soul of this country.
2: No doubt about Greenville, it. Greenville, Mississippi. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. You're looking <laughs> sharp today with your seersucker trousers. You're yes, green. Sir. You're very well color-coordinated looking good. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So we always enjoy coming here for this event at the Greenville Country Club. Uh, Steve Azar does a great job. He sort of strong-arms all of his celebrity friends. Oh, he does.
8: <laughs> and <laughs> but they, mayor too. Eh, mayor exactly
2: too. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, they enjoy coming come in here for a great cause, raise a bunch of money for the St. Cecilia Foundation. So many uh, organizations benefit from their efforts, their work, their funds and it uh, really does it it brings a lot of people, Mayor, to your city, uh, many of whom have have never been here before and once they come, the thing I noticed is they always come back. They have a great time here.
7: Good food, good hospitality, good good people like Steve. You know Steve not only is a friend of mine, but he's a true Mississippi ambassador. No doubt. Uh, When you think about one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three (laughs) Mississippi, you only think about Steve Azar. And so when you think about where we're going as a state, what we've done. Over the last years, particularly in Greenville, Mississippi, and moving the Mississippi Delta forward, he has been the force and anchor to help us do that. Uh, not only in bringing these celebrities from around the world, quite frankly, uh, but Greenville has been affectionately turned the city of festivals from the Hot Tamale, the Blues Festival, <laughs> uh, the Dragon Boat Festival. This staple event, which is a three-day event that Steve puts on, and bring all of these folks in to raise all of these money for sick, disadvantaged charities and Children in the Mississippi Delta yeah. uh, is unparalleled. Yeah. Uh, working with Delta State, working with the arts and education, uh, our law firm—you know, Senator Derek Simmons, Senator Minority Leader, myself, and Steve—we sponsor the uh, Harmony Chorus every Christmas. Okay. His organization and, and our firm—we uh, are the major sponsors to get all of the folks together around Christmas time uh, to sing uh, Christmas hymns and Christmas chorals and stuff like that uh, during Christmas time. Oh, that's so cool. brings. That's neat. All of the folks together in the Mississippi Delta. That's great.
2: So are you going to stick around and meet some of the celebrities uh, here today? Yeah,
7: tonight is the big night Okay, uh, here at the Greenville Golf and Country Club. And so I'll be sticking around uh, to meet the celebrities and do what Steve tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. Well, I mean, you're the face
2: of the city. You yeah. got to welcome everybody, that's right. and, and uh, roll out the red carpet because you want them to keep coming back, and of course, uh, donating uh, their time and their treasure to yes, such sir. a
7: great event. You know, yeah. this event. Is really the icing on the cake of the progress we've seen uh, in our administration. I did the state of the uh, city address in 2022. We had the largest number of businesses opening in Greenville in Greenville history. Wow! The Chick Fil A, the Jacks, the Goodwill, a yeah. veterans clinic uh, that we want to thank uh, our federal partners: uh, Congressman Thompson, Senator Cindy Hatch-Smith, and Congress uh, Senator uh, Roger Wicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done over four hundred million dollars in local state and federal investments. The courthouse now, uh, we want to thank our federal partners for that and our good friend for his legacy project, uh, Senator Thay Cochran. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the stilts are in the ground now, <laughs> and that's going to be a $60 million uh, new federal courthouse, which is going to be an anchor to what we're seeing downtown. Uh, there is not a building for sale downtown wow, uh, because of this economic engine and, and, and federal courthouse and federal investment uh, from the federal government buying it through uh, late uh, Senator Thay Cochran. Uh, But you also are seeing the airport project. We just announced a $15 million project uh, with the Greenville Currents Aerospace Maintenance Project that is going to be creating about 200 uh, aerospace maintenance and repair overhaul jobs at our airport. Uh, We're doing some things like that. Small businesses are opening up as well. And so Greenville uh, is uh, really in an era of progress, and we're really glad uh, of the partners, our local, our state, and our federal folks who really are coming around to make sure that our folks here in Greenville and the Mississippi Delta uh, have a great place to live, work and play.
2: Well, it sounds like you got
7: some true revitalization going on yes. here. in the mall district, in downtown, in our port district as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, last year we faced that 30-year drought. Uh, our yeah. port is a wonderful port, Tobo capital of the world. Uh, Greenville is on known for it. But, you know, we... Really move on the Mississippi River like 164 billion in agricultural products from rice, from grain, and all of that. And so the Mississippi River, uh, I'm co chair of a group of mayors, 103 bipartisan males on the Mississippi River from Bemidji, Minnesota, all the way to New Orleans. And they selected me to be their co chair. Hmm. And I've been around the world talking about the strength of the river, but the strength of the Mississippi Delta and what we contribute in ag products, yeah. and what we contribute to the world, and so Greenville is really a staple in making sure we're farmers, grain, Bungie, all of the companies that we have right there on our port are doing a wonderful job in moving commodities up, down the Mississippi River, but making sure that we are as powerful that the river that runs down our side, which <laughs> is the Mississippi River, right? But the rice that is found in every country in every continent, because beans original. But Ben's original yeah. rice, Mars food is only made right. in Greenville, Mississippi. Right. that's right. From form to fork. Yep. It's done right here in Greenville. From yep. our truckers, from our, our farmers, our port serves 4,000 farmers in the Arkansas Delta and the Mississippi Delta. So it's a wonderful port. Wow. And wonderful economic ending for Greenville. Well,
2: that's good to know. I appreciate you sharing that information, yes, Mayor. And you should be certainly proud of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the revitalization efforts you've got going on, partnering with the state and yep. uh, the federal government in doing so. And uh, some of of the other projects. We just had uh, Amanda Delperdang on the program talking about the Mississippi Delta Nature and Learning Center. That's right. What a fascinating project that is right in the heart of the town. City land. We gave it to
7: (laughs) her. It's awesome. We believe in making sure we support projects and support folks who are going to improve the quantity and quality of life of our folks. So we gave that that area to them, and then uh, they are now getting grants to create uh, this Learning in Nature Center for our children It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful project. Uh, we also partner with them, working with MDEQ, uh, to do recycling in Greenville yeah. as well. So yeah. her husband, John, and and she are doing our recycling program in okay. Greenville as well.
2: Okay, good yeah. idea. What's, uh, gotta ask you, how, how's your uh, financial
7: condition looking these days in Greenville? Uh, we, we, we still struggle with the amount of floatable cash. The, the, the good thing about the amount of money we've received, we've Received 6.5 million in the last 45 days. Senator Wicker got an earmark right. for the a new courthouse district, and that's going to be on Washington Avenue in Walnut. And so, that 2 million earmark is going to help. He also got us a 500,000 earmark for a green space that's going to go adjacent to this federal courthouse. Congressman Thompson got a 2 million dollar earmark uh, to help with health care. Uh, because you know hospitals are struggling, so to put money down in primary care, uh, we also got another 2.5 million from Delta Regional Authority. But the the the, the struggle with it. It's the floatable cash for okay. cities and municipalities. The requirement is to spend that money before the reimbursement comes. Right. By. And so that's the issue that really a lot of major cities uh and small rural communities are dealing with in Mississippi and across the country. So you gotta have it's cash flow. You gotta have the cash flow. Yeah. Not that it's you're time, not getting it's it. Issue. It's a time and that yeah. that, that reimbursable yeah. uh, t- time lag is about forty five days to sixty days. Now. Okay. But you got three, five payrolls in that period of time. You still got to get garbage picked up Trash yeah. so we are thankful for our federal partners. We are thankful for our state partners, uh, but we need to kind of uh, rethink that um, that structure in the money. We need direct money. It can be tricky. Yes, right. We need we need direct money. We need direct money.
2: Uh, just a couple of minutes left here. What uh, what's on your radar for uh, the next? legislative session. What are you asking the state to do?
7: Well, you know, uh, we've been really, really creative uh, in making sure our hospitals stay afloat. You know, Greenwood, I talked to Carolyn McAdams, uh, 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 Mayor Green, of Greenwood, Greenwood yep. and all of us are looking at ways to see how we can make our folks Healthier before they get sick. Uh, with the state uh, not expanding Medicaid, uh, we've looking at primary care models. We've worked with Food Corps. Mars Food and Original did a two point five million investment into Greenville Molino Health. Did 1.5, Kroger did 500 thousand, and what we're doing now is doing community gardens, healthy eating. Yesterday I was at a school where we did rethink your drink, looking at your sugar content, all of that to try to get our folks to eat healthier, to walk. It takes a lot of pressure off, the, takes the, pressure off the healthcare system. It does, and that takes the pressure off the healthcare system if we're eating healthier and we're living healthier. Well, I applaud you and for so that. And so that's what we're trying to do now.
2: Because you know you can't help but notice, though, so, mayor, when you're coming through the Delta, most of the restaurants you see, mm-hmm. honestly, are the fast food type that probably aren't the best for you. You've got to have right. more availability of, of healthy food choices right. to improve the health of the citizens to take the pressure off the health
7: care system. That's right. And, and that's we, we want to people do. to be healthy, too. That's right. That's yeah. right. I mean, so it's more than that. You know, I tell folks, if you're healthy, you know, if you're hungry, you can't go to school. If you're hungry, you can't work. And so if you're more healthy, your your parents are more value-added to our communities, our cities, but also our children are learning what they need to learn. good way. point. That's right. Mayor?
2: Appreciate you, as always, for, for coming on, and congratulations on. Sounds like you're having some great success yes, here man. in Greenville, and this tournament's great. Appreciate you being out
7: here. Man, we thank y'all, and I just want to tell everybody here, sound of my voice, you got some time to come on down to this three-day event done by our true Mississippi ambassador, Steve Azar. He does a great job, but the uh, Celebrity Golf uh, Tournament is a really good tournament, so thank you all for coming out. Thank you all for listening to us, and uh, if you want to just relocate, come to the heart and soul of this country. A land of opportunity, Greenville, Mississippi. Appreciate it, Mayor. Mayor Eric Simmons Thank of Greenville, so much, Mississippi. Coming right
2: back on Midday. Stay with us.
0: Good days with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for.
2: Middays is back with you live from the Greenville Country Club in Greenville, Mississippi for Steve Azar's Delta Soul Celebrity Golf and Charity event. Having a good old time here. The bands are getting ready for entertainment this evening. You can probably hear them practicing away in the background. And I heard the voice of Steve Azar a moment ago. Rhino, he was getting the pipes warmed up as well. So we do have a bit of breaking news on uh, the indictment of former President Donald Trump. It looks like that a Trump aide has been indicted as well in this case. This is interesting. A close Trump aide has been indicted, reading from this particular news report, in special counsel Jack Smith's Investigation of the former president's handling of classified documents. Walt Nauda, I believe is how it is pronounced. It's spelled N-A-U-T-A. He was his personal aide and valet in the White House. And later at Mar-a-Lago was the second to be indicted in this investigation. He was apparently seen on surveillance video, was... Mr. Trump's aide, Walt Nauda, moving boxes of sensitive material from a storage area at a time when the government was looking for this information. Hmm, at some point he reportedly had stopped speaking with investigators. That's interesting. So, just a sort of a new development on the whole situation. Really interesting. Uh, no doubt about it. So on the ceasefire text line, Robert and Brandon said there's a video of Joe Biden admitting that he got the investigator in Ukraine fired by threatening to withhold U.S. aid. I, I got to tell you, Robert, I, I saw the link you sent. It's pretty long. I haven't been able to, uh, to view it. It looks like it's, well, I take it back. It's two minutes and 11 seconds. I do remember seeing this um, previously but I, I'm not really sure that that necessarily I guess incriminates Mr. Biden the way you would think it would I mean that would be for the, the, the courts to, uh, to sort out but it is interesting uh, that particular video And uh, I can't remember the name of the other person, Rhino, that also worked there and was involved in it and has been saying for quite some time, was brave enough to come forward honestly and speak honestly and openly about this whole situation with Biden and Burisma. Mainly it's Hunter Biden and Burisma. (laughs) But they came forward and, and, and give some really compelling evidence of the bribery that occurred here. I just find this just shocking, honestly. It's stunning that on the same day you've got this sort of situation going on with a former president being indicted on this documents case and the current president who certainly appears to have been engaged in bribery. And if that is the case, that by far... Has got to be the biggest act of wrongdoing ever committed by, in this case, a vice president. Someone at that high a level uh, as an elected f- official in this country. By far, this will be the biggest deal. We'll see where all this goes. And and it and what's really even, I guess, more interesting is one way to put it is that those two folks lead in the polls in their respective parties as candidates for president in the next cycle wow all the things that biden has done the clintons have done and not a single move by any of the agencies have made a move but this trump crap they just keep at it that's on the ceasefire tax line yeah and this is what disturbs people is it does appear that these agencies and our legal system has been politicized and weaponized, that's the kind of stuff you don't expect to see in this country, and it's hard to see it as anything but that. Now, if Donald Trump broke the law, well, then he ought to be prosecuted accordingly. But if... Joe Biden broke the law. The same for him. And Hillary Clinton, no American. And this is crazy every time I hear the Democrats say, we've showed today that no one is above the law. Well, that applies to everyone, including people in your dang party. Even you, potentially you people that are out spouting that nonsense. It's unbelievable. I know, Thomas, you believe that it's by design so Trump will be the nominee because they think they can beat him. I'm not sure it's going to work out that way. Well. I'll talk about that later on in the program. It's time for a break here on middays. It's noon. Stay with us. Coming right back.
0: And now.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Hour 3, the afternoon portion of Middays, is with you live from Greenville Country Club on this.
1: Friday, y'all.
2: We're here for the Delta Soul Golf Tournament and Charity event. We welcome now to the program Tim Bixler, Executive Director of the Delta Center stage. He'll be retiring soon. Retiring? Yep. (laughs) And his successor, Wade Chambers, of uh, Delta Center Stage. Uh, Gentlemen, thanks for coming on Middays. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Looks like another great event here for um, the Delta Soul Golf Tournament, raising some money for the St. Cecilia Foundation. Steve (laughs) running around here like crazy with all his celebrity buddies. It's unbelievable how they descend uh, upon Greenville for this event,
9: isn't it? Yes. It has been my joy during the last uh, five years to say in front of every audience that we entertain, thank God for Steve Azar. Uh, seriously, he has he has brought himself back into this community and yep. contributed so much, so much. And could be anywhere, Absolutely. do anything. Absolutely. That's
2: that's the main thing. But he does he's, it because he's in the right place, he, he, and he knows that he knows it. He feels a calling. <laughs> yeah. He loves this community. He loves this state. Loves the Delta. Yeah. And he loves the people, maybe. Absolutely. and that's why he does it, and we're we're grateful, we're appreciative, and yeah. I'm proud to be uh, kind of a colleague, a brother in broadcasting, as my good friend. We're all lucky to be a part of it. <laughs> that's right, no doubt about it. All right, so tell us about uh, the Delta Center Stage. What's that all about? Uh,
9: Delta Center Stage was uh, incorporated in 1979, uh, but its history uh, springs from a long uh, uh history of theater in the Delta uh, as volunteer community theater uh, we, we'll, we'll talk about that later if we have time but uh, in 1920s wow. there was there was community theater in Greenville uh, in the Delta um, and a history and a culture of support for artistic endeavor mm-hmm. Uh particularly Greenville can boast a a huge uh, cadre of of, uh, writers. Hmm. Uh, Walker Percy, William William Alexander Percy, uh, uh, Shelby Foote, uh, uh, all of whom sprang from the culture that exists here. Uh, And theater was a part of that until uh, 1972 when it folded Uh, for a lot of good reasons we won't go into, but uh, my wife and I moved here in 1979 and discovered very quickly that there was a still a strong culture right. of support. And it didn't take much to get it restarted in '79, And we have been operating continuously ever since then. Uh, and I'm most proud to uh, say that we have successfully reached the point where uh, we're going to transition to the second cadre of leadership. And that's my friend, uh, Wade Chambers, who is also a long-term member of this community and is taking the reins, uh, as I requested that he do, uh, from me. And he will be our new executive director uh, and hopefully guide and direct us for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. Tim, how long have you been in this role? Uh, we started in 1979. So okay. uh, I, was, I was hired to do the job in 1992. Okay. We were all volunteering until 2002. And, what?
10: 2002.
9: 2002. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because... It flows
10: together. Uh, our family first got involved in 2002. Okay. Right before they hired you're Tim. Right. So Delta Center Stage was all volunteer before that. Still a great organization. Yeah. But they kind of took the plunge and said, we think we need a staff person. And Tim was the logical candidate, and they they took that chance, and Tim took it and ran with it and stabilized our finances and our artistic programming and our volunteer base. It's just kind of been onward and upward since then, so it's kind of a cool thing that I get to succeed, Tim, but the year that I started with Delta Center Stage was the year we hired him, and I got to benefit from
9: all of that. (laughs) That upward path—you yeah. okay. got to see all the mistakes being made. Yeah. Who,
2: who produces the shows, and, and where does the talent come from?
9: Community theater is, by definition, uh, conducted by volunteers. Okay. That's our mission. Uh, it's specifically stated in the bylaws. Uh, you don't pay people. Okay. Uh, you do pay professionals such as musicians, people who had to go to. You know, college or or advanced degree to do what they do, Uh, but actors, uh, backstage workers, uh, people who who build things and so on are all by definition volunteers. That's the requirement. And actually, community theater came as a result of a uh, a historical uh, revulsion of of early twenties just terrible commercialization it, 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 in the early 20s theater was burlesque okay it was and and there was no place to do art <laughs> mm. you couldn't do it mm. it was it was so broadly commercial that uh, that that uh, a certain gathering of, of people said no we don't want to do this we're not in this for the money we're in this for the art and that's where community theater sprang from so uh, in a lot of ways, that's our, that's our background and our history, but it all gets, it all gets mixed up. And, and in a lot of ways, uh, community theater can and often does earn uh, a negative reputation hmm. because they don't do things well. And I think that's one thing that, that, that Wade has recognized, and he did right from the get-go, is that uh, we expect more of our people and we expect professional uh attitudes and conduct and we we expect our people to behave in that fashion and uh it 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 is a teaching tool for uh community involvement sure
2: wade in moving into this role do you have any particular immediate priorities long-term priorities a plan, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the well,
10: the advantage that I have in starting is not only do we have a very strong foundation based on 20 years of having good, you know, uh, even though it was a single paid staff person, it's made a big difference in... Keeping the organization moving forward, but to have that, I also have Tim willing to stay on part time, and his wife Sonia, who's mm. incredibly talented actress, director, mm. costumer, and so they're both still on staff, and that's going to help to ease this transition period. Sure. Um, but kind of what I want to do is take our foundation and look for ways to grow that um, there are many ways we, to do that. we do have an immediate challenge like so many organizations because of the pandemic when we couldn't perform for a while it, it it's affected our participation a little bit so we don't have as many people come out for auditions it's like folks just kind of got out of the habit like a lot of things that is starting to come back now but i feel like we'll need to i don't know maybe do a little more proactive outreach. it's still a challenge yeah um and um then, you know, look at some ways to, I kind of see my role as to cultivate future young leaders for Delta Center Stage, because sure. although I'm younger than Tim, I'm not that young. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be 60 next year, <laughs> so um, I see that as important, to find that next person who can carry on, you know, five, ten years from now, <clears throat> and, uh, and then just... You know, what's out there new in the world of theater that we can kind of explore? You know, that's the advantage of taking over an organization that has a good foundation is you have the opportunity to look at are there things we can do different without getting away from what we do well, but are there things we can add?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. Do you find that the younger generations have have an interest in this? Or is this something that... Seems to be sort of only of interest to
9: the older a, folks. There is a uh, an amazing hunger among young people uh, who, especially with with social media, yeah, you know, they're they're glued to these screens. <laughs> and They see performance, uh, and in a way, that's an opportunity and also an obstacle. But but uh, I, I I recognize this. I see it. Every, every year, uh, we see these young people come in, and they they might come in uh, hesitant or shy or whatever, but I see them watch, and I see them hang in the background and observe, and then suddenly, boom. Maybe it takes a year. Maybe it takes six months. Maybe it takes two years, but they'll suddenly just bloom, and boom. They are...
2: Seems important different. that we continue, continue the tradition uh, of this form of art for yeah. sure. So, hopefully, we can keep the young folks interested in it. Tim, appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Congratulations, are we, <laughs> we are, yes, sir. Congratulations, and have a great retirement, Wade. Wow. I know you got your hands full, but you sure <laughs> seem up to it. Thank you. And uh, we're not good, going anywhere. <laughs> good luck uh, on your new <laughs> role. On your new role there, appreciate Thanks. it. And Thanks so much. Best of luck to the Delta Center stage. You bet. We're step- place. We're stepping aside right here for a break, folks. We're in the Element Well Studios in Greenville, Mississippi. Coming right back. In the
1: summertime. In the summertime. In the summertime. To interrupt this program.
0: Gerard Gibert. Here we go. This is huge, huge, huge news. Huge, huge, huge news. Huge. You need to listen to this. Midday's with Gerard. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Middays in the Element Well Studios. Set up in the lounge here at the Greenville Country Club. I'm on the couch, literally. That's been kind of neat. Can't say that I've ever done the show from a couch before, Rhino. Uh, you see us on video there. We look pretty relaxed, don't we?
0: Oh, yeah, but it do- still doesn't look quite as comfortable as the couch in the green room.
2: No, I agree. It's probably not. This one's more for just kind of sitting upright. That one in the green room, once you sit in that deal, you like sink into it. You're ready to take a nap.
6: Oh, yeah, it'll swallow yeah. you
2: up. <laughs> Moe's on the ceasefire text line says, Of course, Trump was indicted. This was actually earlier in the morning. Uh, Moe sent this in on the Gallo show. You can't hold a witch hunt without burning the witch. <laughs> He also said the Trump indictment, regardless of the outcome, in parentheses, is guaranteed one thing. Every future ex-president will be indicted in the future. You know, I've said, I believe, on the program uh, before, Moe's, that I'm not sure we'll ever have another president elected that isn't subsequently impeached once the opposite party, has control of the House of Representatives. I think that I really do believe it's a greater than 50% chance we're going to see sufficient evidence on this Burisma bribery scandal with Vice President at the time, Joe Biden. Sufficient evidence to form the basis of impeachment in the House. And just as the Democrats were hell-bent on impeaching Donald Trump when they had control and he was the president. We'll see the same thing here. The difference was what the Democrats impeached Trump on has definitely now turned out to be a big old nothing burger. And that was a long shot with Russian interference and collusion and all that stuff. They really just didn't have any hard evidence of that. It was just speculation and more just disdain and contempt for him. This is, you know, I didn't believe it until yesterday when the final documents were released. Or well, not final, but some documents were, re- were released, which were reviewed by clear-thinking members of the House that said, yeah, this this looks pretty pretty damning. And so I, I'm starting to feel more like we're going to see more information as part of this investigation by the House Oversight Committee into... FBI Director Ray, who seems more intent on protecting the political nature of the FBI and its political agenda, than he is discharging the mission of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. That's what's concerning. So I do think that we're likely to see every future president ultimately impeached. By the other side, once they gain control of the House. I also I also do believe that in every future presidential election, the loser and the losing party will contend that the election was stolen, no matter what the outcome is. I think that's just sort of something that has been born since 2016 and is going to continue through future elections. Maybe that will end at some point. But for as far as the eye can see right now, it sure looks like it's setting up that way. And I was, before we went to break, was reading the message from Thomas. I know Thomas has made it clear. He believes that Donald Trump has no chance of winning in 24, and that he believes that um, that Trump is that this action is to ensure that Trump is the nominee so as to ensure that they will prevail over him, they being the Democrats in this case. I, and here's where I differ with you on that, Thomas. I think that that this indictment, again, as a backdrop, remember the path to winning the presidency. It's capturing... The independent, the so-called swing voters in a handful of counties, in a handful of states, like four, that's where the presidential election is won or lost, not the popular vote, not the polls and all that sort of stuff. I think this may persuade them what we see, what we're witnessing with respect to this indictment. Those swing voters, those squishy middle voters, it could go either way. This may persuade them, honestly, to cast a ballot for Biden. Uh, pardon me. Pardon me. For Trump, should he be the nominee against Biden, simply because they're concerned about the corruption in our government, and they may see Trump as the outsider that would work to bust that up. I'll give that Trump to Trump. He did expose that. He did talk a lot about that. There are a lot of other aspects of Donald Trump I don't care for. But that is one thing that I do believe is a bit unique to him that is going to make it difficult for his primary opponents uh, to go after him. So I think that's a little different. He says, well, who motivates Democrats to vote more, Trump or Biden? Again, it doesn't matter about Democrats voting except in those swing states. And honestly, I don't think you'll see a big change there one way or another. I think it's those independents and in how they cast their ballot. That's that's what's the bigger deal. As long as there are mail-in ballots, cheating will continue, says Alan in the Delta. Well, I'll say again, Alan that comes down to a handful of counties in a few states and as long as we keep hanging our hat on this idea that all it was just cheating it was stolen that people really loved Donald Trump in 2020 they really wanted to vote for Donald Trump. he was their selection he was the he was the president the, the election was rigged. as long as we keep hanging our hat on that guarantee we're going to lose in 24. I personally don't believe that. in fact what I believe is that about a year into the Trump presidency, Those handful of independents that won won it for him in those few counties in those four states in 2016 abandoned him. That's what I believe. They abandoned him. And he barely beat the worst candidate in history from an electoral vote perspective. He lost the popular vote. And that was Hillary Clinton. Worst in history. Barely beat her. Barely beat her. Mail-in ballots aren't going away. They're going to be there. The Republicans are starting to talk more about, and it's not so much mail-in ballots, it's ballot harvesting, which is folks that have requested a ballot via the mail, and they're sitting on them, and it's perfectly legal for certain people, depending on the state, to assist and to go a visit with those who have requested a mail-in ballot. That's public record. They figure out who's got it, and they approach them, and they say, hey, let me help you fill out your ballot. Let me persuade you who to vote for here on your mail-in ballot. That's ballot harvesting. Republicans say now they're going to play that same game. It only matters, though, in a few counties. I can't emphasize that enough. If you go do that in California, that doesn't make a difference. Do it in Mississippi, doesn't make a difference. Do it in Oklahoma. Doesn't make a difference. Where it matters is Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, maybe Nevada, maybe Georgia, but those for sure. And again, if that were the case in Georgia, I I say again, I call to your attention, why did Brian Kemp, the Republican candidate uh, for governor, he got 400,000 more votes than Herschel Walker did as the Republican candidate for Senate in the same election. So I don't I just don't think that dwelling on that is the path to victory. The path to victory is getting those independent votes in those handful of counties like Maricopa County in Arizona, which counts for sixty percent of the state of Arizona. Arizona has what, like nine counties or something. That's where the election will be won or lost. It will be won or lost in the sort of squishy counties of Pennsylvania. Who could forget when over there on MSNBC they had to announce on election night 2016 that Trump had carried Pennsylvania by the slimmest of margins. And that's without any mail-in voting and all that sort of stuff. No, no crazy stuff. But by the slimmest of margins, and man, when the the uh, newscasters at MSNBC had to announce that Pennsylvania had been called for Trump that particular night. I mean, it was like a pall had been cast on the studio. They were about in tears. They couldn't believe it. And it was just barely. And it was because Hillary Clinton was terrible and the independence broke for Trump. But I do believe that about a year later independence had some regret Just as I do believe they have regret today about Joe Biden. I absolutely do. I think if the election were held today, the same election, I think Trump wins. But it's time for a break here on Middays. Half an hour left from Greenville, Mississippi. We've got Steve Azar, the host of In a Mississippi Minute, coming up. We hope we're going to have him. Coming right back.
0: Gerard Gibbert, going beyond the headlines, breaking down the stories that matter to Mississippi. Middays with Gerard on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Check, check, one, where's all my...
2: Back in the Element Well Studios at the Greenville Country Club in the heart of the Delta of Mississippi, Greenville, Mississippi. We're here for the Delta Soul Celebrity Golf and Charity event along with our host, the great Steve Azar, joining us again. Steve, you're running around this place like crazy, but I have seen all kinds of famous people around here. They come to see you, my friend. A lot, of good, a lot of good folks. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. you, t- yourself you, got down. Got you. yeah, Sorry. Got I should you. know better by now, right?
3: <laughs> nobody knows what happens when I do my radio show. I'm alone. So when I have professionals with me... <laughs>
5: no, we live. That's yeah, the deal. Yeah. Well, I know. I know. I love
3: it. That's why Will won't let me have a live show. And Kim and Steve are going, oh, God, please no. But it's going to be live today. No, it's great. Uh, everybody's here. And I just like seeing a lot of our pals become pals with, you know, it's, it's just a, the place has been a great place for building relationships. And that's why this event has
2: lasted as long as it's become more successful it's because of our folks yeah no doubt about it and what what's really fun steve when i come here is talking to uh, members who represent or people i should say who represent organizations that benefit from the great work of the saint cecilia foundation that's pretty cool that's uh, so cool i mean you know
3: <laughs> you know my name's on it but there's so many people i know it's a cliche and you hear people always say oh if it wasn't for this but you know i did a uh MC to volunteer uh, the Give Awards this year, and it really put things in perspective. I realized, you know, I've got our coaches at our high school tearing themselves, moving beverages from one place to the other, sweating out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, all so many friends of ours that help, and uh, they've helped every year, and it's amazing because that's the magic in it. And uh, so, I mean, I'm I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. My wife and I are very grateful because when we were in Nashville. We used to do, it was called the CMA Steve Azar Sports Challenge. Mm-hmm. And I brought in Steve Berline and Jim Kelly, Jim McMahon, John Daly, uh, uh, Billy Joe Tolliver, Mark Rippon. We brought all these athletes from I walks in. We would do this competition skill, right? Like, uh, you know, you do three-pointers, you free throws, you do <laughs> throw the baseball, th- you know, throw the football through the, you know, the tire. We did all of that. And... um And we would go to a concert at the end, maybe at B.B. King's and raise money, but there was such a limit because I didn't have my folks that I grew up with. And coming back to Mississippi and everybody embracing it uh, was the game changer, which allowed us to really start making a difference, you know? So
2: it's a a good feeling. You've made lots of music. I have. Created lots of music. You've traveled the world performing and entertaining but you came back, and yeah. you did well. You succeeded. You've been blessed, yeah. but you came back. You love Mississippi. Like, you love the Delta. Like you do. Right? Sa- same for me. Yeah. You're a much bigger deal than I am, but no, I traveled around and, uh, and, and came back and decided to make my home here, raise my family here, well, build my business here. Could have done it anywhere. Yeah. But yeah. we love – there's something about it, man. That it's like glue. We love it here. We want to see our state succeed. And do its best. But we want to see our people prosper and thrive. Well, when that
3: happens, it allows opportunities to help. I mean, you know, people are so locked into what they're doing. I mean, uh, Gwen years ago told me. Uh, she said, You got to start your foul. You got to, we got to start this. I said, I, I'm not there yet. I don't feel like, you know, when I go do Darius's and Monday After the Masters, we'll have Blowfish and Gino Toretta, and he's one of Heisman's. At, you know, every, the events we were doing, they the people had arrived so big and were stapled, so and they were, they were such a household name. Yeah. And Gwen goes, At some point, you just have to decide that that's, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. You're at a point yeah. where you got to, when are you going to make your decision? And, you know, life, everything gets better. I think that when you start to do that, you know, my parents always told me that, and you you get stubborn, you know, growing up. And you think, yeah. oh no, 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 you gotta, you know, I'm just not ready for that. I, I have to focus on me for my family, right? Sure. Everybody's got obligations sure. out there, and they have priorities. And uh, finally, making this a priority when it really wasn't the best time in my life um, has made my life and career better. Come in full circle.
2: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it does. Second. You know, as a, so, as a uh, a musical artist, y- you receive uh, gratification when folks enjoy your art, your work, yeah. your work product. And you know, as a business person, I had the same feeling. Sure. Uh, when when we um, would implement systems for our customers, and we'd see them leverage those systems, utilize those systems to get better. To, yeah. We used to say to achieve excellence. That's. That's the ultimate form of gratification in exchange for your work product. But when you get on the other side of that and you get past that and you start giving back, Yeah, it, that is really where you feel rewarded when you see that that you're able to give back and help people, help organizations. That's even more gratifying than it is to be... I guess somewhat rewarded and recognized for your art no it is it is but I, I still say that it's because you're
3: I've surrounded myself by people that <clears throat> that feel the same way and there's a power in numbers as they say right sure you know, And you're sure you strategic absolutely. planning you did for all your companies? Am, absolutely um, and there's a team tra- effort oh you know, sure so when you were doing uh, implementing you know uh, and, and with with what you were doing with all your comp in these companies you saw them the growth right did that excite you? Did you just did, did it ever get tiring to you? Did it ever no, feel like you were on the no, spreadsheet?
2: No. And the thing that made me the happiest of all is when I'd see my people thrive and it, succeed. So it's the same thing. And taking care of their families. Right. I mean just that just yeah. would just make my day. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that's what's fun about it. it's what you yeah. do it for. Yeah. And and that's the way our society should work. But you were so well thought of, you know, this oh, I appreciate that man. in in our state. You I consider you uh, the ambassador, the face of our state. And mm. uh, in, in, I'm just proud to know you, man. And, and I'm proud of the work you do. And uh, proud for us to be up here, and be a part of it. It's hey, a little look,
3: special. You're first of all, you're too kind. Second of all, because I'm a bit of a mutt, and I appreciate that. But I think that there's a there's a there's something cool about that. But but you guys taking the trip down to the Delta every year, Kim and Steve and Will and you and everybody here. You know my my team over there, our team, right? Yeah. Houston, they awesome. Alex and Gary. I mean, making the effort to come down here, and I know the expense in that. And I know the time it takes for y'all out of your, you know, you, you gotta drive home now. I mean, you know, and I appreciate y'all have no idea how much I appreciate that. Right. And we're spreading the word of something that's so special to me and I, it just makes me feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really part of this team and I, I've been so. I've had the blast with doing my radio show. It's been, you know, George. You think about it. You and me are doing radio shows. I know it. It's crazy, right? Sometimes I wake up and say, "How did I get here?" And Ricky Matthews, I crack up. He's awesome, like, agree. Well, what, are, "What are we doing?" And but but we love it. Goes Paul, you know, he, it's what he is. Yeah, you know? right. And consummate professional. Right, right? and. Yep and we've come into this thing sideways right, right. through the back door That's right. paul's probably going what the heck is this when did it go when did it go just totally amateur night in Dixie? That's exactly and I, right. no but it's not but i mean i, I love it cuz when i listen to you I, I just love your honesty and how and how um your your conviction right they're they're heavy you know your belief
2: system and and i, I love that you express it and you're able to do that here yeah. You know, it's a it's a privilege and uh you're so right. What a great team and I, you know, the listeners out there um probably don't think about it but it takes an army of people to make all this work right. Good people. Have no it's idea. hard. They have no idea. I mean, there's so many people working. I know. It? And it's the same people. Right.
1: <laughs> you know, exactly. You know,
3: and I, you know, I'm looking at Jason over there. I'm going to have him on in a little bit. I'm going to have Jason and Chris uh, and Rudy, some of my guys who have been with me for 27, 22, and 17 years. That's a long time to be together. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we're going to tell some stories, but um, yeah, I mean, I think about my guys on the road and and what it takes to put on a great show, and and uh, you know, I'm the one at the end signing the autographs, but at the end of the day, it's such an effort on stage. We you know we believe in that we're a unit, and um, and you know, it's like you're, you know we we come out of the huddle, and we all have to do our thing, you know, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful. It's, it's fun though, isn't it? it was it's fun fantasy. to be part of yeah. a team, isn't yeah.
2: It? yeah, yeah. Yeah, they I mean, humans are designed to be parts of teams. Yeah.
3: Between, you, you know, you're right about you're right about that. That's and, the way we're built.
2: Yeah, but they don't
3: let me. I, I like to every once in a while have an ego, and between my wife and them, they don't let me have one. <laughs> It's always the I promise. It's like a hammer. It's not a rubber hammer. They use a really big anyway, sledgehammer is what they do to me.
2: Yeah. What well, if ever I'm out and somebody happens to recognize me? I was in the Kroger this past weekend and yeah. two people came up to me. I listen to your show, I love your show. And my wife just walks away, she just rolls her eyes. Yeah. Well, hey, think about you. What about me when look, I really like your that music. What about me, John?
3: I really like your music, but I love your show. You your show. I said, Are you kidding me? no no what about my music Uh, that's great (laughs) i love that so it's always a blessing (laughs) good thing thing for anybody like anything we do (laughs) well
2: Well, again uh we're out of time but man it's great to be here appreciate uh what you do here well uh appreciate you representing our state um so capably uh you're the best man love you brother brother. yeah but thank you see you man thank you yeah we're coming right back with a final segment from Greenville, Mississippi. Stay with us.
3: Oh, three, time three nights going non-stop.
0: He keeps his classified documents right where they belong. Inside a Journey record jacket from the 1980s, Gerard Gibbert, Super Talk
10: Mississippi.
2: Back to midday super top Mississippi, live from the Element Well studios at the Greenville Country Club, Greenville, Mississippi, for the Delta Soul Golf and Charity event. Our good friend Steve Azar was just on the program, we were talking about. Um, The coming election, this is the final segment. Got some text here I wanted to get to. So it sounds like you're 100% confident of the election process, i.e. no fraud. I'm 100% confident that there are voting inaccuracies in every single election. That's what I'm confident of. Fraud, maybe, maybe not. Not sure. Enough to make a difference? Not sure haven't seen enough evidence that can that would persuade me that it makes a difference and i I say again why did um, why was that not the case in 2016 how did Trump win in 2016 and he barely won I've never heard anybody say I don't remember after the 2016 election anybody uh, clamor that there was any election fraud only after the 2020 election. Now, I understand it was COVID. There was all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, there was a, a extended voting, the voting time period, and more mail-in voting opportunity. But there are several states that have had mail-in voting. In fact, I want to say maybe, Rhino, it's Washington or Oregon. I think it's the only way you can vote. I don't even think they have a um, a traditional physical ballot type precinct process I think it's all mail-in doesn't make a difference because neither one of those states are ever going to support a Republican as far as presidential elections we're talking about or concerned so I, what I what I think people are or don't really consider strongly enough is just how strong the dislike was for Donald Trump after he got elected. It's, I mean, like, do you do you not acknowledge it's just possible that some people disliked the guy and didn't want to support him? The few that put him over the top in 16 went in the other direction? Said, I can't vote for that guy again? I know personally I've heard tons of people in the state of Mississippi say that. And that's where I'm coming from is I, I think it's short-sighted on our part if we want to see a change and move a Republican into the White House, I, I want to see a, um, a change there. But I also want to ensure we keep our eye focused on how to get there. And if all we say is, oh, there's no way it's election fraud, then people stay home. And I've heard that from a lot of people. Heck, Donald Trump even encouraged people, hey, look, don't go vote because your vote won't be counted. I heard him say that. On the ceasefire text line, after 16, this is Moe's, the left called for the elimination of the Electoral College and screamed, not my president. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're still screaming for that. And by the way, Moe's, if they could do it, they would absolutely eliminate the Electoral College. And some states now have enacted law that says whoever wins the popular vote wins their electoral votes. That pretty much guarantees a Democrat. And this is what I think we ought to be more concerned about is, why did we lose the popular vote? Before there was ever any talk of voter fraud in 2020 like there is, why do more Americans vote for a Democrat candidate? They did in 16. They did in 20. I think the last time that wasn't the case was Ronald Reagan 40 years ago. Why is that? That's what we ought to be focused on. How do we change those hearts and minds so that this isn't even an issue? But it's an issue because our message is not resonating, and I argue it's because we're indoctrinating young people in this country to the ways of the left and the doctrine of the left and the agenda of the left. And it starts in school and moves all the way up through college, and they just turn out obedient little leftists. We're out of time today, but we'll get to it Monday. Now, the 1619 Project is promoting this idea of reparations math. And and this is being taught in high schools in America. Reparations math requiring high school students to do these mathematical exercises to determine what led to the wealth gap for African Americans and then coming up with justification mathematically for reparations this is why we're losing the popular vote this is the kind of crap that goes on in our schools and why it's important that parents stay on top of these issues and make sure that their kids aren't being being having this information this left-wing doctrine foisted on them and shoved down their throats that's where we got to focus on. we got we to, our message has got to start getting to the voters so that we don't lose the popular vote in the future. And don't have to worry about who gets elected. But we're out of time here today. It's been a great day at the Greenville Country Club. We're out of here, back in the studio Monday. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. Have a great weekend.